Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had an amazing holiday. I hope Santa was good to you. And I hope you got to spend some time with your family or your friends, however that may work. Anyway, I wanted to start off the first episode of 2024 uh, with a Happy New Year and uh, thought we might talk about some of the things that I'm looking forward to for this year. In the last episode, I talked about AI, XR, and big data. So I'm not going to beat that dead horse, but maybe we can think about what other things might be happening in the new year that could be uh, really, really exciting. One of the things that's exciting to me anyway is uh, blockchain. And one of the things that's really exciting about 2024 is that it's expected in April of this year, uh, the number of blocks for the Bitcoin blockchain, it's 740,000 blocks, and uh, it will do what they call halving. I'm not actually a a super Bitcoin nerd or anything like that. I just, it's the first one. Like everybody talks about blockchain. They talk about Bitcoin because it was what launched cryptocurrency and blockchain into our hearts and minds. Whether you believe in crypto or blockchain or not, overall blockchain is essentially a database technology and it uh, records transactions in an immutable way so that they can't be modified in any way. Um, The simplest way to look at that is, so let's imagine you have a cardboard box and you put a bunch of stuff in it, but everything that you put in it gets encrypted so that that box is secure and, and people can't modify it. And then every few days you create a new box and you put the encrypted signature of the first box inside of the second box. And then you encrypt all that up and put it away. And then every few days you get a new box, you fill it up with all kinds of stuff and you include the encryption from the previous box, which of course includes the encryption from the box before it, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what a blockchain is essentially. Uh, Those Cardboard boxes are called blocks and they contain information, data, uh, transactions. And it's incredibly secure because if you tried to go back and modify one of the past blocks, you would screw up the encryption that was done that happened on that block that contained all the encryption of the previous blocks. And uh, if you want to learn more about blockchain, it's an absolutely fascinating technology. I think that it's going to be play a huge role in the uh, in the future, not only in finance and cryptocurrencies, but in, you know, doing things that help keep transactions secure. Right. And whenever you talk about secure transactions, you're usually focusing on finance because that's the most obvious place. But there's all kinds of transactions that happen uh, throughout the, the world of technology. You know, you think of uh, logistics. Think about taking a product from the manufacturer and all the way out to the distribution points and all the different places that it ends up going along the way. People talk about farm to table and being able to track the specific 
serial number of the cow that that the milk came from or or the meat or whatever and tracking that on the blockchain recording the the processing that happened recording the vehicle that it was transported on and then if it gets to a distribution center or you know a safeway or something like that all that gets tracked along the way as it makes its way to your table you know at any point if if somebody got sick because the product was bad or something like that they could trace it all the way back to the exact moment that it was processed and where it was processed and then are all the different you know cases of milk or packages of meat or whatever we were talking about all those pieces we'll just call them packages of stuff all the packages of stuff could be checked out to see where they went and it would be way easier for the world basically to pull those things off the shelf rather than your meat processing plant was x and therefore everything for the past six weeks has to be completely destroyed because we have no idea when the bacteria was introduced or whatever it whatever the situation was um this could go for vehicle recalls um this could happen for lumber this could happen for absolutely anything that has a logistics chain happening also works beautifully for financial stuff you know one of the things that in, on the financial side of things, if you think about it, if you have a Visa or MasterCard, oftentimes what will happen is they will say, okay, well, you're going to fill up with gas, for example, and we don't know whether your tank is going to be full in $40 or $80 or $110. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a hold on your MasterCard for $150. And then once you fill up your tank, will record a transaction against the actual card then the hold gets released and the transaction takes days to go through uh, um, like to be kind of finalized and then when you make a payment on your credit card it takes like a week or whatever for the payment to go through when you look at a blockchain system everything happens instantaneously so what you can do is you can put a hold that says, okay, basically the way the hold works is it says, could I potentially charge $150 to this person's credit card? And then the system says, okay, well, the current balance of the credit card is whatever. And so definitely there's enough room in their credit limit to allow for $150. So then we'll allow the transaction. Then when they go fill up, a separate transaction is recorded against that credit card. And then it gets processed when the gas station files their their banking. And then there's a reconciliation process and, and to finalize the money before it actually arrives. And then on the bank side of things, you know, the banks record all these transactions all day long. And then at the end of the day, they settle against all the other banks. And so, you know, imagine the scale of that, right? You've got you know, the, in Canada, we have the big five banks here. And so they're, they're doing, you know, millions of transactions all over Canada or, and actually all over the world all day long. And then at the very end of the day, at some specific time, like 5 p.m. or, you know, whatever, all those banks reconcile all those transactions. And then at the end of the day, they go, OK, uh, TD Bank owes RBC Bank $100 million and um, RBC owns CIBC. $50 million and CIBC owns, you know, and so they, they do this reconciliation to kind of even it all out and settle the money across all the different banks. 
with blockchain transactions, that doesn't that none of that happens because what happens is you say, I'm going to charge you $150 and the blockchain says, okay, sure, let's do this. And then the, the, the buyer and the seller agree by authorizing the transaction and then bam, the transaction's done. There's no settlement. There's no temporary stuff. There's no multi-day holds. There's no bank uh, reconciliation. It's just done. The transaction is done instantly. It's recorded immutably onto the blockchain and it's not, it's not stoppable or re- reversible. And then it would be done and over with. There would be no reconciliation problem that happens. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible based on my understanding of how everything works. But suffice it to say, the, the technology is really, really intriguing and interesting. And, you know, just like any new technology, everybody looks at it and says, oh, well, what could I do with this? Maybe we could do this to it and do that to it. A while after blockchain started to grow and become a, a used blockchain, Vitalik Buterin, who basically was is the founder of the Ethereum blockchain, and the biggest the biggest difference between the Ethereum blockchain and the Bitcoin blockchain is Vitalik had the ability to program the cardboard box. So the, the, the cardboard box itself that's left behind and is all encrypted and including a whole bunch of transactions on it actually has computer code in it as well. And so what you could do then is you could have transactions that require validation or anything like that happen after the fact without any third party being involved. So you, there's no bank that verifies the transaction. The transaction happens through code, through computer software. And so that code is baked into the blockchain itself. And, uh, and if, you know, you, you might be thinking, oh, well, what happens if there's a bug in the code or whatever? Well, they, they release a new piece of code and it basically gets added to the blockchain as a transaction. And so it says, okay, well, if you're going to access this particular specific wallet, then in order to make the transaction go through, these two things have to happen. And then once those two things happen, the, the transaction goes through. That happens based on the latest version of the code that's on the, uh, on the blockchain. So it's, a, it, it's super, super complex. Some of the minds that come up with the encryption and the technology on these blockchains are like next level intelligent people. But the technology is, is really, really brilliant in there. And although it's not uh, super easy to use at this point in time. It's getting there. More and more people have vi- vision and are coming up with creative uses of blockchain every day for all kinds of different purposes. I think the, the technology is going to continue to grow and be uh, super, super exciting. You know, when it comes to uh, cryptocurrencies, you can love them or hate them, but they're not going anywhere. I, I actually heard somebody say something like, uh, well, a cryptocurrency doesn't actually, it isn't actually anything. It's, it's like, it doesn't exist. There's nothing there. And, you know, so I don't trust it. Uh, well, I don't know about you, but the last time I looked, Canadian dollars and US dollars are exactly the same. They don't exist. There's nothing there. The government just makes more of it whenever they feel like it, you know, so all that it takes for something to have value is for people to all agree that it has value. 
And so once a country decides that something has value, like, for example, there's a number of countries that have acknowledged that Bitcoin, as an example, is a legitimate currency. Well, now there's no difference between a Bitcoin and a, a dollar value in, in those countries. They're, they're both equally re- recognized as legitimate money. And being that they're both electronic, yes, you can go to a bank and withdraw physical pieces of paper and coins. That doesn't make it have more value than, say, having a Bitcoin. In fact, you know, you you look at the value of Bitcoin over the years since 2009. So it's 59,000 Canadian. So imagine if you had purchased some Bitcoin several years ago when it was like a couple hundred bucks and then you just forgot about it. You'd wake up today and you'd have, say, if you had $200, you'd have 200 times $59,652. Now you can say that's speculation. Um, you can say that, that, you know, that it's, it's not worth that. But the truth is, if you had a Bitcoin right now and you put it up on an exchange and said, I'm selling this Bitcoin for $59,652, the odds are extremely high, like very, very close to 100% that that Bitcoin will sell and you will end up with $59,652 in your online exchange account in Canadian dollars. And then you can do, you can withdraw that uh, to your bank or what have you. So saying that a cryptocurrency is not worth anything, it's just fake money, uh, actually doesn't hold any water because as long as your country acknowledges that it's a legitimate currency, it's identical to a fiat currency. Uh, You just don't have any, so you're upset because you don't understand it. You know, sorry for the harsh reality, uh, but this is real. This is staying around. It's not going anywhere. And if you don't understand it and you don't, uh, you know, I'm not saying go out and buy cryptocurrencies. That's your own choice, right? You, you should know that the, that the world is going in this direction. This stuff is not going away. And whether you want to own some or not is totally up to you, but you should understand what it is. And, uh, just some friend of yours who's a financial advisor said, oh, this is just garbage. Uh, you know, You'll, everybody's going to lose their shirts and Bitcoin's going to become not worth anything. The truth is they don't understand it. They don't know what it is. You know, I, I asked my financial advisor what he thought of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. And he said, oh, it's all it's all crap. It's all people can just manipulate it and do whatever they want. And I'm like, um, actually, they can't. There's it's programmed into the blockchain that there's a maximum of 21 million Bitcoins that could ever be minted period. And that can't be changed. And he goes, oh, there's nothing stopping them from creating a bunch more Bitcoin. And I'm going, okay, so clearly you have no idea how this technology works and you don't understand it. So you're just um, immediately putting up a wall and saying, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand it. It's not mainstream. It's not what I'm used to. So therefore it's garbage and it's crap and everybody's going to get ripped off. Well, there are a lot of people that get ripped off because there's a lot of scammers that take advantage of people who don't understand the technology. So as with basically everything on this planet, it's buyer beware. It's about understanding what's going on. 
If you're planning to vote in an election and you don't take the time to learn who the candidates are and what they stand for, and you're just going to make a decision that that isn't the decision that you actually would have made if you had an understanding of who's running and what they stand for. If you decide you want to go, go out and buy a television set and you don't learn the difference between OLED and high definition and all the other things that are happening with televisions these days, you could pay a lot of money for a piece of junk that's going to break in, in a very short period of time. Vehicles, same thing. If you think you're, you don't know anything about vehicles, you're just going to buy it because it's really good looking and it's nice. It's a really nice color. You be, you may have spent a lot of money uh, on something that's not worth, worth, worth what it's worth. It's everybody's responsibility to learn as much as they can about something that they are going to invest in or that they're going to get involved in in some big way. Uh, and it, like I said, if you choose to not be involved, if you choose to say, okay, well, I don't understand that. It's really complicated. It's probably just a fad. It's going to go away. 2009. Okay. We're in 2024 now. It's not going away. In fact, uh, you look at some of the large corporations that are investing millions and even billions in cryptocurrencies and, and Bitcoin and that kind of thing. So, and big, big companies are building on blockchain, like real systems, that logistic systems and transactional systems that are actually running the world today are being built blockchain. So it's not going anywhere. And if you want to continue to poke your head in the sand and not acknowledge it, that's totally cool. But don't complain when things become more and more accepted and more and more legitimate and you don't have any of it and you don't understand it and you don't know what you know what to do. And you're learning at that point in time, there's a curve, right? There's that, that standard bell curve. And you may not want to be on the little tiny part at the beginning of the curve because that's way too bleeding edge and way too much headache. But you also don't want to be on the back end of that curve because when you're on the back end of that curve, you're catching up and everybody is taking advantage of you and you're, you have no way of, of making something happen. Think about YouTube, right? When YouTube first came out and started becoming really popular and the the concept of YouTubers came around and realized, oh my gosh, like I can make a ton of money here. They made a ton of money. And nowadays everybody's trying to become a YouTuber and there's not a ton of money any, anymore in that. Like you have to have a really polished and very, very popular show to make any money on YouTube anymore. So we're on the other side of that bell curve. We're heading down the other side when it comes to YouTube. Anybody who thinks they can get in and become a YouTuber right now are they missed it. They missed the boat boats way down that way. And so the same thing is going to happen with with all the other technology that's happening right now. Uh, you're, the best thing you can do is learn everything that you can about it. And if there's something along the way that that, you know, if, if you feel that you've learned enough about it and you totally understand it, or at least you have a really good understanding of it not just something you heard from somebody because there's a bunch of people out there that say stupid shit because they're, they don't know what they're talking about. If you decide that you know enough about something and you still don't want to have anything to do with it, that's totally cool. That's your choice. That's everybody's free will. And I totally think that's cool. 
but at least you're making an informed decision and at least you understand uh, what you're doing. So I think I'm going to leave you with that words of <laughs> words of advice, whether you think it's good advice or bad advice or you, you know, you think I'm full of crap. I don't know. But welcome to 2024. I hope you have the best year so far. Leave room, you know, of course, for better years than 2024. But I hope 2024 is the best you've had so far. And uh, looking forward to all my hosts getting back in the game. Uh, now that we're into 2024, I expect to see a whole bunch of really exciting new shows being recorded by new and old hosts. Uh, so stay tuned till next week and have an incredible new year. Cheers, everybody. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.